Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Under the Blanket podcast. And here we are under Mirage's blanket, which is a metaphor about, you know, being in that here and now place where you don't feel separate. And I'm, as best as I can, settling into the moment and letting go lightly. And I hope that the listeners that are listening to this aren't listening. Just let the listening happen. And, of course, I always recommend that just use this as a practice. So uh, if Judge Judy comes along and says, oh, I like what uh, Baba said about this. Oh, Baba shouldn't have made a joke about that. Uh, That's offensive. That's okay. Don't judge the judge. Just notice Judge Judy. And then you, you let it go. And you come back to the here and now. Because judgment, it's all built around separating. Uh, But in that place, uh, under Mirage's blanket, there's no judgment, only love, because it's all the divine one. And for everybody on the under blanket, the fans uh, that are fans of Jason, who's come on the show a bunch of times, uh, Jason has returned. The great return of Jason. (laughs) Welcome back, Jason. Ah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm always excited for these chances to talk and blather on, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it, Podcasting is a, a beautiful... It's like uh, bringing back the old school uh, radio shows and stuff. That's why I love doing it. It's just audio. Because, uh, uh, I don't know, it just has that... It's. Um, you know, radio kind of went out of style a little bit, you could say, but yeah. we're, we're bringing it back. Video killed the radio star, they say. Yeah. Well, we resurrected the radio star, maybe. But, you know, that's <laughs> what it comes down to. Is this is this a really about uh, hits of fame? I always thought, uh, you know, fame's kind of an absurd trip because, the, you know, say someone like uh, T- Nicole Kidman or Tom Cruise, well, they're one with that person that never uh, only has one Facebook friend. I remember South Park did this episode about Facebook, and this poor kid only had one Facebook friend. But that's what we all really have in a spiritual way. We just have one friend, God, because it's all it's all one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I feel like uh, you know, getting caught. Fame seems like a pretty big drag for probably most of those people you know and but that's our religion of america and and the world uh one of the religions of our aspects of the religion of money is celebrity and fame if a celebrity is not involved in it if a celebrity is not uh on the cover of your book quote quoted about the book then who why read it you know yeah it's really sad Uh, um i think Fame is kind of hell. I, I I can only imagine. Like, I think about like Bob Dylan. Like, look how like he he goes out of his way to like just find some sort of peace of quiet, you know, to get away from that said fame, that illusion of fame. Yeah, I was so happy when he turned down the Pulitzer Prize for poetry because yeah, of course he's a great poet. He probably should have won that every year. Right. But who needs? Well, words for poetry. It's like taking a poop on poetry, kind of. Yeah. 
I mean, those those awards are more for other people, not the person that's actually winning. It's uh, they can all like you know like soak in that weird uh, psycho vampire energy, you know. Uh, yeah, I, you know, uh, he did eventually end up accepting it, but at first he refused to. But maybe that's why he did, because he realized, oh, well, I don't, I'm not into this stuff, but I'm sure a lot of people would love to see me getting this award at some ceremony. So he pr- probably did it as a service or something for people. Yeah, that would be really cool, man. Uh, it also could be just a, like a more of a Chinese finger puzzle, you know? Instead of pulling so much, just accept it and just let it go away, you know? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And uh, Bob Dylan, I'm glad you brought him up because he's really cool. I mean, I'm a huge fan of these three albums he did in the 60s. Blonde on Blonde, Highway 61, and ah, this other one with that has uh, it's all over now, Baby Blue, but I can't come up with the title now. But I feel that like Bob Dylan had a lot of phases, but those yeah. three albums, in my musical opinion, which is opinions are basically worthless, but you know it's something to talk about. Is like the gospel of Bob Dylan. I feel like through in the 60s. He, he even said something like this where he's in some kind of state and he like no he like jots down some kind of voice that's coming through him it's not like I'm gonna think of a good song and that it just kind of comes through him and there's particular lyrics that touch a generation you know yeah he he did say that he was saying like you know uh, he's like I, I couldn't go back and write those things today. It was something that, like, I was stepped out of myself and something else took over, you know, and what took over was just magical and beautiful, you know. He's made a lot of great albums since, but those albums back then, the one, I think the one you're thinking of is Highway 61 Revisited, right? Uh, well, oh, yeah, Highway 61, Re- no, that Highway 61 Revisited, and then uh, Blonde, Blonde on Blonde, and there's this one where it has the, this chick in a red dress in, in the background. I thought that was Highway 61 Revisited, uh, no, that's, no, that's a different that Highway 61 jacket. is a different uh, cover. Uh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, I'm actually going to look it Is it Bring It, it All right Back now. Home? Yeah, it's Bring It All Back Home. Yeah, that's and it. And Subterranean Homesick Blues and, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Desolation Row. Uh, right? Oh, oh that's not it. That's a, it has Gates of Eden, uh, Maggie's Farm, She Belongs to Me, Love Minus Zero. Ah, great stuff, man. Absolutely, a really, really beautiful stuff. And, you know, something missing from maybe current times is because of the, the musical situation. I mean, he really was kind of like like what the voice of the generation. And, of course, I, I can't help it. I really have a lot of love for Kanye because I love everybody. And I, I, don't, I don't like his music, I guess you could say, on an ego level. <laughs> but I feel, you know, the guy is crying for help, so let's give him even more attention. Yeah. Um, he says he's the voice of a generation. And, you know, in a way, he's popular and all. And, but that's really more a cry for help, I'd say. But who would you but say is I, the voice I, of a generation of the current times, maybe, or someone that's close to it? Is it Ye? It's definitely him, and I'm not a fan, but I understand, because when it comes to, to like, taking the temperature of a generation or a society, figure out what's going on with the artists that they're following at any given time in history, and 
what what he's going through right now and what the country, what the world's going through at large. Like they say he's mentally ill, but aren't we all? You know, like we there's a, there's that thing where people are constantly saying, "Oh my God, are we turning into the film idiot?" Uh, 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 what's that film? Idiocracy. Yes, you know, uh, like we are because it's just kind of like we're 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 on like just this weird. We've kind of almost given up. I mean, we're uh, we're kind of like comatose to like true uh, experience. You know, you know that's like, beautiful. Uh, I really didn't consider him the voice of a generation, but the way you put it, you know, what we're going through with the, I call the culture of ego and specialness. Well, yeah. what, who would be the spokesperson for the culture of specialness and that, that what we're going through as like a, this ego suit, like a heightening of specialness and yeah. who would be the voice of that in a way, right? absolutely absolutely yeah. I mean, and if you look at it like both extremes both the left and the right are both really really kind of mentally ill right now man i mean i love i try to love everybody and i try to understand everyone most importantly i try to like figure out where you're coming from and i and i do understand where both sides are coming from i i lean definitely more left than than, than right but i try to understand where my brothers and sisters on the right are coming from also, you know, uh, and what they're saying, while some of it's kind of crazy, there is an intrinsic truth to what that fear, I guess what I'm trying to say is both sides are, are arriving at something from fear and it's kind of getting distorted, you know? Yeah. Uh, most of politics, uh, like, uh, leftists make great points about bringing up oppressed people and sharing resources and so on. But a lot of it comes, uh, it, it is moved by this hysterical fear and extreme, extreme stuff sometimes. I, I mean, yeah. I feel there are exceptions. Angela Davis uh, is on the left. And if you look into her story, I mean, there was a moment where Angela Davis was walking out of prison. Uh, and this lady that was really supporting the Free Angela uh, campaign that was big in the in the, of that time, the 60s and the 70s, I forget exactly if it, which, some close that time. And uh, when she was walking out, she saw this ripple go, like, go through the universe from Angela. And I feel that's what, uh, you know, uh, that's pretty like, and I felt like that sense, you know, when you get like goosebumps when you hear something on a movie or something. I remember yeah, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you know, yeah, it's all the, the uh, culture of fear, the culture of specialness. It's it, and that's what you realize is you just have to have immense compassion because you you see that uh, uh, any someone that's even say a diagnosed schizophrenia or bipolar or or all these they have all kinds of new ones. Um, that is us. That you see you you see yourself in that person. So we all are going through this collective mental illness. So what? Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that kind of reminds me of, uh, I think he was quoting somebody else, but Joseph Campbell at one point, it said something to the fact of the effect of uh, the schizophrenic drowns in the waters that the uh, mystic floats in. You know, it's just, they're both experiencing a similar experience, but one it's just overwhelmed one by it, while the other one kind of uses it and channels it into like a battery, you know? Uh, 
That's how I yeah, I heard, I've heard that quote before. And uh, in my own experience, that's true. I mean, uh, I guess I could be called a mystic. And I have all the, I mean, if I told what I go through on a daily basis to a psychiatrist, I would probably be diagnosed with that. But uh, they would, but I'm, I'm content most of the time, peaceful. Uh, if I get yeah. angry, I notice it and let go. So I feel like we, that, there's something missing about these DSM four categories that is it, is it really about that? Or is it about like that? Um, uh, we're trading illusions. Like say someone's a schizophrenic, we'll come back into our collective delusions rather than your individual ones, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I, I, I think the problem like is a, uh, any sort of academic, like most, I mean, that's not true, but, most epic academic like you know uh things like like that are taken from this point of view of not really truly like understanding or experiencing it they're writing it from it from from outside and you're never going to be able to understand the intrinsic truth of anything when you're writing from it from outside so like no matter how like oh well you, you they can classify us however they want to they probably call me a crazed fool you know but uh <laughs> I mean, is that true? I mean, possibly true. Yeah, of course. Yes, I'll, I'll take that true. Marker, but, I mean, that's changed my reality. Throw away the key. I'll come and visit you on every Thursday. <laughs> Indeed. But what about this? Um, uh, the we're, you know the Mad Hatter, right? The Mad Hatter. Um, here's something. Yeah. Like, dig this. We're. This is kind of um. This is a metaphor for all this. So, we're all at the Mad Hatter's tea party. Welcome to the tea party, everyone. Hello, and don't worry. You, uh, there's Mad Hatters here, and it's the Mystic Mad Hatter. But the issue here is, I drank the tea, and the tea had the Divine Madness potion in it, and I drank it, and I'm the Mystic Mad Hatter. And since I drank it, well, <laughs> Alice also drank it because she's at the party. So, and I'm one with her. So. And we are one with every guest at the party because it because it's all one. So all the party guests are mad. Now, the funny thing is, is this tea party. Oh, it's we are one with all that. We are one with Kanye. We are one with uh, Bob Dylan and Trump and Biden and Angela Davis and Jason and all of it. So thus. We're all mad here. We all drink the tea. Ah, ha, ha. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little madness, you know. Uh, yeah, well, the little... thing is, divinely mad because uh, there's, oh, yes. there's there's this uh, uh, saint from India guru type Ramakrishna, and he was he would definitely be considered. Yeah. He would get all kinds of diagnoses. Uh, if, if a, a, a traditional psychiatrist studied his book, they would he would get uh, schizophrenic, probably thing other bipolar. He'd probably get schizophrenic slash bipolar diagnosis. But he was yeah. a great saint and honored in India. And he said, uh, "You're either mad for the world or mad for God." So I'd say Kanye West, great example. Mad for the world. He's caught up in fame. Yeah. He's caught up in celebrityness, and he, uh -huh. he really needs some kind of help from not from the people that would want to help him, but from someone that could, you know, or something right. like that. 
but then there's the divine madness of a Ramakrishna and he's there and mad for God, like you were saying about the Joseph Campbell quote, right? Right. So well, I, I don't know, of a, there's a Lady Gaga album called the fame monster, which kind of ties in that to everything, you know, uh, I mean, what, it's kind of like a black hole. It's like a quantum singularity that you're being pulled into, except that it's just filled with bullshit. Uh, yeah. What were you going to say? No, that's okay. I was, that's all. <laughs> all right. Well, about the fame thing, um, it, it's what it is, is we have these, uh, on a certain level, in the illusion, there's these mind nets and like who we think we are. So, you know, say Lady Gaga really thinks she is this person. I am a person. I have this right. storyline. I have, I'm a body. I'm a mind, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying she does think that, but right. that has a whole uh, conspiracy to it. Cause she has this mind net where she's Lady Gaga. And then all the people that surround her, her entourage fans, you know, people, clingers on all these kind of people are are seeing her the same way like she's putting out the mind that um the lady godness and all those people are seeing her in different various ways about that that she's lady gaga and it's creating this whole conspiracy of lady gaga-ness that is like very a big trap where she really might become convinced she is special and important more important than any someone else and right. uh, like, how would she ever be able to connect with a per a regular kind of person that could connect with her on a heart level? Because everybody around her is seeing her. That's Lady Gaga, right? Right. Well, I think everyone has that though, right? Like, you know, it's like you, either you're like, oh, you're the cool guy at work, or oh, you're the creepy guy at the library, or whatever, or like, or you're the whatever, like gregarious chick at the bar, like. Everyone has these like monikers or avatars that we carry around. They're not really who we are, though, are we? Or is it? Like, you know, that's the that's the heartbreaking thing. Uh, that is what, it, it, what you nailed it right there, because it's not just anything to do with fame. Say uh, all these, what you were describing, these different the, who people think they are. Like, say a really businessman walking down the street, or like you're saying, yeah. uh, a, a beautiful woman, or are uh, someone that's like a hippie. I'm a hippie. I'm a laid back hippie. Or, uh, all these kind of uh, are uh, someone, a Trumper, and they got the Trump flag on their pickup truck and their walk, and they have the Trump hat, even, right. the red hat. And then everybody's like, well, that's that guy. And that's that's the beautiful woman. That's the Trumper guy. That's the hippie. And we have this huge conspiracy convincing every trip that we are on that trip. And our whole society is built around that whole delusion. That That's the collective psychosis, you might say, on that level. Yeah. But that's not who we are, is that that's what you come to realize when you're on the spiritual inner journey, is you realize you're not who you think you are. You're not who you thought you were. You go to this place inside where you're one with it all. Like, there's no separation. Now, and then... That becomes really cool because it's like you'll you could go and say walk down that same street that the other people are walking down and you're seeing yeah. it's all God. And that gives those people a chance to break out of that a little bit and connect on a heart level 
And it, it's so beautiful to just see that. Uh, it, now, they might not always do that, but at least gives them the opportunity, you know, because and you could even feel a certain heavy mind nets if you approach it. But if you don't get caught in it, who they think they are, then all right. of a sudden they'll feel you, they might step back from backstage where we're all here and it's all just that was an illusion, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of reminds me of, uh, 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 I don't know, like the, have you ever hear about like lucid dreaming where people say like, Oh, uh, if you lose a dream and you ask someone what time it is, people get really angry. It's, but in a, in a real world, if you kind of like snap out of like the bullshit and you kind of like start facing the truth, people kind of act the same way. They kind of get act weird. Like you're breaking the matrix or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, I've been lucid dreaming, and uh, Baba Here Love's storyline, since he was 12, he's been lucid dreaming, and it's really helpful and beautiful. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, there are people, um, this is a great way to deal with this. Yes, people are threatened sometimes by, if you break out of this whole uh, psychotic conspiracy of being a person and somebodyness, but the thing about that is, if you're able to like not get caught up in that then if so so that happens so the people will be threatened by that but if then you don't get caught up in that that burns out too and you'll yeah yeah that's see that's why i'm mad right now it's like you know it's like, cause you know, it's kind of like this line. Cause like my, like, I know it's all my ego. You know, like my ego is pulling me back and saying, ah, like you know, you're you're being self-aware. Like, ah, oh, I don't want to freak out or like you know, like have people freak out around what, what I'm doing. So let me try to act normal again. You know, that's a that's a normal is subjective. You know. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, at a certain point, uh, you, you, all that is totally done without any thought process. So you, the way to solve all these issues with all that is just simply let it happen uh like there's a saying in the east there is no doer so if you're able to stay in that state of being Mm. the the like your vibe will adjust to the scene so say you're in a place where it would be good to say quote unquote act normal you would you would just automatically start start acting normal it would just happen it would flow that way and another scene where it would be nice to be a little freaky or whatever that would happen. It would all be done from an intuitive flow uh, sense. So if there was a scene where people were reacting so threatened by that, you like there, it would naturally go to maybe acting more normal and not saying certain things. And right. all, see, all that becomes so obvious. The Mary Pranksters used to say, it's all so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's what it comes down to, because if you sit there like a a person, I'm going to go, I'm going to freak out people today, and they think they're this way, and they're going to go freak people out, that could get them in trouble, you know, Uh, because they're busy doing it. They're doing it. They're being that way. I mean, they're doing all these actions from that place of the doer. But if you're in the beer, that would only happen if the vibrations were a certain way. So I just feel that is a good rule of thumb for anyone out there that uh, has that issue. I can dig that, man. Yeah, because I would, you know, because Baba Love has this stuff in his life. He does street dancing, singing and dancing, little guerrilla theater stuff and all that. But he doesn't always do that. 
And, uh, you know, one time he was uh, singing and dancing, but, uh, you know, and people say to speak in third person or whatever. But uh, this woman across the street was talking to him and saying, oh, my God, it's so I'm so happy when I see you because you just don't care what people think and you just do what you like to do. And I w- she would love to also be like that, but she doesn't she thinks she c- can't be like that. And I was like, you don't have to just. On the inside, you have that same spirit of the hippie at heart, kind of, where right. you are, you know, being in that place of, wow, it's just a song and dance. It's all an illusion. Row your boat down the stream. Life is just a dream of the cosmic joke. But on the app, but your, your actions are just like everybody else. You're just, you know, uh, you would say what things normal people say and that kind of thing. But on the inside, you're like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah, so maybe that, uh, maybe she could be like that more on the inside. Because it's not about the external trip. It's all about the internal. Where are you at internally? And uh, uh, say the head and the heart. Like you be in the heart. Like there's this heart space. Like in the center of the chest. Not where the biological heart, but the center of the chest. Right. And as you meditate or do practices... You, you can start to like rest there and just like be in that place where it's where you don't desire, where you're just like, it's all all right. And then the stuff in the head and acting normal or not acting normal, our livelihood, our eating, our desires, our all our um, thoughts, all these kind of stuff. We all the human melodrama goes on. It doesn't stop. But right. you're behind it. That's the whole key to it. You're behind it. And oh, look. There I am walking down the street, acting in the world. There I am, what uh, dancing or whatever. It's all, all right, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, it is beautiful, and uh, you know, beauty, beauty is uh, one of those trips that's so helpful. Is that uh, that might help someone listening? You know, uh, the concept of beauty, right? Go within and. Say, look for that place in, in you, listener, that is beautiful. Find that place where you're beautiful inside and just keep going into that deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you'll come to the here and now. It's funny because uh, beauty, truth, light, love, all these, they all are the same place. They yeah. all lead. To, it's all the same place. It's all the same. It's really, really cool. I love it. Are this from be from be here now? Fame, shame, loss, gain. Wait, wait, I messed it up. Wait, start over. <laughs> Pleasure, pain, loss, gain, fame, shame. It's all the same. And I will add, it's just the game. And you won. You won. Jason, guess what? what? You won the game of life. Woo-hoo! I'm awarding you the winner. And since you won the game of life, now, not money-wise or anything like that, that's all fine. These are other games. But the, the cosmic game of life, you just won it. And since you won the game of life, right now, we all won because we're all one with Jason. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel to be a winner? Uh, it feels pretty great. It's when it's like a great high, you know, I, I'm, I am already kind of high, but uh, that's beside the point. 
But I, 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 like Charlie Sheen, you know, said, when he says winning from back in the day, he's like, I'm winning and he's from he go, he's bigger than Mars and all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. that there's different levels of winning. Like, is fame really winning? I mean, it's certainly not good not having enough money. That's right. no, that's not winning or starving or having a terrible situation in the world. But too much is too much. How about it's just enough balance, you know? Right. And not just that, that but inner peace. I mean, th- that that's so beautiful. I mean, you a person could have so much money uh, and then go to all these spiritual retreats, lay down $3,000 for a Deepak Chopra retreat. And not and just feel a little bit less uptight, you know, and they would they would give their every cent if you could teach them how to be at peace, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, that is that is priceless, really. Right. Mm hmm. What would you before we go, if you had to put a price tag on peace within, what would you put? How much? How much? Come on. Dollars and cents here. I don't know about dollars and cents, but I would give I would give everything for that. I, but I don't think dollars and cents could ever no buy that. Nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> Come on, send me some money, everybody. Bob, I need some money. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I've decided. Forget this whole being an authentic spiritual teacher, hippie type. I'm gonna sell out. Come on, I'm ready. Doritos right. commercials, McDonald's commercials. <laughs> Send the checks. I'm ready. I'll do. I'll be. I'll do alt right. I'll pander to the alt right. I'll pander to the liberals. I'll go. I, I'll even take Biden into the back room. <laughs> I, I'll suck him. Suck him dry. I'll suck Biden dry. But don't worry. I'll be thinking of you, Elise, when I'm with Biden. <laughs> all right, that's a good way to end. A good visual image for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so now that everybody's finished vomiting, but you know, <laughs> except of course, you know, gay power and more power. Maybe something that turns someone on, and there's no shame in that. I say no. LGBTQIA. I say we add more letters. I dig it. Let's add a lot more. Let's add more genders. I'm all about that. I, it's very revolutionary. It breaks down the boundaries. Can yeah. you dig it? Absolutely, man. Beautiful. So thanks for doing the show, Jason. It was a great time. Thank you very much. I had a good time as well, my friend. Yeah. So this has been Under the Blanket Podcast with your host, Papa Here Love. And I'm nobody special. I'm not special. You know, I don't think I'm special, but, and I'm also, I'm not special in truth because it's all one. And here we are. So I like to close out the show with this mantra. Uh, it's not in a pushy religious sense, but in the sense of like, uh, just from the heart, I, it's a cool way to close out the show, honoring my lineage of Neem Karol Baba Maraji and be here now. And it's Ram, Ram, Ram. And if you want, Jason, you could join in and say it. I close out the show with Ram, 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 or Rama, Rama, Rama. So ready? Three, uh-huh. two, one. Ram, Ram, Ram. Ram. Rama, Rama, Rama. Rama. And Rama. now I laugh like a crazy bad hatter. Mystic bad hatter, that is. 